0: The Angry Chicken is a production of AMOVE TV. Bookmark AMOVE.TV for more gaming and esports shows. The Angry Chicken is directly supported by listeners like you via Patreon.com TAC.
1: About Hearthstone, Heroes of Warcraft. This is the Angry Chicken.
0: Welcome back, everyone, and uh, welcome back, Jocelyn, to the Angry Chicken. I missed you, Ta-da! bud.
1: I know, man. It was really weird not being on the show last week, but Vigil was here and awesome as always. And honestly, like. I'm so sad that I missed just his appearance on the show because I love being on the show with him. He's such a good host, and yeah, I, I'm so sad I missed out. But thank you for being, you know, pseudo Joss. <laughs>
0: I'm I'm happy to be. I even got more blonde uh, just to, yeah. to fill the role. You
1: did, you did. Just, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: fresh fresh bleach on top of my head, everybody. Oh yeah, quarantine ain't keeping me looking crusty. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah,
1: uh, uh, I'm Garrett, By the cut way, cut everybody. Nice. <laughs> Hi. Uh,
0: in case you forgot who I was, we're back with a, a fresh, cracked episode of the anger Chicken for your ear holes. We're here to talk about Hearthstone, Blizzard, and everything in between. Uh, everything
1: in between. Well, what is it
0: between Hearthstone and Blizzard? Um, <laughs> Warcraft, Starcraft, Diablo, Overwatch. Uh,
1: okay, all
0: right, got uh, it. Phones. <laughs> if, if you know, did you all have them right? Um, <laughs> battlegrounds, patches, uh, I, the list goes on, Jocelyn. The list goes on. Orcs, Are humans. Yeah, so um missed you last week, but it was it was great having Vigil back on. Um, dude is uh, dude is eloquent in explaining oh, his passions uh, and strategies in the world of Hearthstone, which makes sense. You know, he sings in a band. I would imagine somebody who's uh, eloquent with words uh, there would be eloquent in, with words in other aspects of their lives. So uh, we thank him for filling in. I was laughing right before the show. I was like, oh boy, man, this turned into just like, yay, Vigil's on too, dude, you saved the show because Joss is really yeah. sick. Um, so I'm glad that you're doing better. Uh, I'm also still recovering from that damn sinus infection things uh, like I feel great, but like everything's draining. So enjoy everybody. Enjoy me uh, riding my mute button like crazy.
1: TMI. Uh,
0: we're enjoying <laughs> uh your support so uh thank you for supporting us over patreon.com slash tac if you like the show you want to support us that's a way to do so this episode is brought to you by our lovely patrons and uh some of our most recent patrons thank you to alex yeager uh thank you to joe Amund, utne gustad and pick pick ninja Almost said Pick Ninja. I love that that's the name that threw me for a loop. That's
1: the name that, yeah, I know. (laughs) I saw some of them this week and I was like, wow, Garrett's going to have a time. But then, yeah, it was was the last one, Pick Ninja, that really threw you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, you just, you see those letters together and you're just like, it's the internet. It's clearly a screen name, most likely. If it's not Pick Ninja, you have literally the coolest name I've ever heard. So (laughs) either way, Um, but you see those words together, you're just like, screen name, internet, ninja, clearly. You know,
1: it's like when i see
0: like multiple x's <laughs> together i just assume a sephiroth uh reference is following it's just it's like xxx underscore Gogeta roth uh for that's just uh every <laughs> every rogue that ever killed me in vanilla world of warcraft that's just the names mm-hmm. i assume so thank you for the support everybody um head on over to patreon.com slash tac give it a look we got some perks ad free feed discord access all kinds of stuff for the taking for however much you would like to subscribe to our show for as I clap, which is terrible podcast etiquette.
1: That's okay. (laughs) I'll allow it. This one time you ever clap again, you're off the show. (laughs) Oh, oh, (laughs) <laughs> I
0: need a, I need a check of which what access that I give. Can Jocelyn kick me off the show? Like, what keys did I give yes, her? I Jocelyn need a, can. I need a check. I need to check my <laughs> last pass and see what you have access to. Um, anyways, got a great show for you today. We're going to talk about our Grand Masters and those Dormo exploit that's driving everybody crazy. The cancellation of BlizzCon. We also have a interview with Mister Jack, the concept artist that streamed last week. The entire uh, concept and completion of next month's fairy dragon card back which i am in love with you know i cannot play enough right wing in heroes of the storm uh i love fairy dragons they're wonderful this is where you and i agree on color palettes it's also i just it's a rainbow color palette i can absolutely get behind i'm gonna use the crap out of this card back when it comes out
1: me too i i really liked watching the stream i thought the concept they came up with looks great like i i can't wait to use it i'm Currently using, I think last month's card back, which was like the sporegarg type, like lit up neon blue and purple mushrooms. So, like obviously, totally in my wheelhouse. But uh, yeah, I'll switch it up for fairy dragons.
0: Nicely, nicely done. I've, I think mine has my favorite has been set to the Halloween card back since you've been able to set a favorite mm. card back. I think so because I think that came after I got the Halloween card back. Because I think it was from the very first ever October in in, in Hearthstone's history.
1: I think so. And then I think for a really long time, I used the Winter Veil one because, again, that was like, yeah, the first Christmas in Hearthstone was when you could get that one. Now you can get it all. Or no, it's the gingerbread one that you can get all the time now. I think the the one with the Christmas lights is still... Unique-ish? Yes. Old? Yes. <laughs> Anyways, a yes. collector's item. That's it. We'll call it a collector's item. <laughs> yes. Yes, it
0: is. And so we have uh, we have plenty to talk about today, so let's get into it. This week's Hearthstone News.
1: Good news, everyone! <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: no. So Grandmasters uh, continues. We are entering the final week, Jocelyn, of Round Robin. It feels like just yesterday. Uh, we were like oh round robin's gonna begin I really liked that k- weird cool uh bring all classes ban them and see one play
1: seating thing yeah <laughs> yeah
0: yeah that was really rad and now I'm just like if I got if I see one more mirror match and my eyes are just gonna bleed uh <laughs> yeah
1: but I mean things are really getting real now we've got um this is the last week so this this Friday Saturday Sunday is the last set of matches it's going to decide who gets relegated first so two people at the end of this weekend are going to be gone from each different region which is kind of crazy to think of because relegations felt like they used to be so few and far between and now it's just like bam we're just gonna cut people left right and center get ready
0: (laughs) yeah yeah it's uh it did and there's a lot of people pretty close or damn or basically tied in the lower ranks. So mm-hmm. this last week is going to be quite interesting. Um I'm 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 sweating for, you know, some of my old favorites. Like like first of all, EU is insane. And the bottom four yeah. in EU division B is tice Zim and Pavel. Like what? These these yeah. These were like un- the untouchables. Also the bottom two in Division A are Hunter Ace and Falkine. What is what is this reality that we're living in where all of the names I just rattled off are put are in 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 uh danger of the bottom relegation. divisions, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well,
1: and I mean like the, the bottoms of, of division A, so like the hunter Aces of the world aren't in necessarily in or actually they aren't at they, all.
0: No, they the the bottom two of division A are gonna fight the top of top the bottom two. four of B.
1: No, 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 no. The bottom two in division A fight the top two in B, and then two people from those get chosen to go to the finals or like to the, yeah, the, the end playoff thing. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. gotcha. Yeah. So, so the yeah division a is not at risk of being relegated division. And then, oh, well, I guess technically if you were in the bottom of a, and then you lost the play in, then you play off against the, um, I guess fifth and sixth. So technically you could get relegated, but it would be a lot of losing to get relegated. <laughs> yeah, I thought there was there was like an, a there yeah, was there a way a pathway, but it's like, yeah,
0: there was a way for a relegations. Uh, but yes. It is. Yeah. But
1: it's 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 much, much longer than than B, because we are going to get yes. two people straight up relegated out of Division B. And then two more people from Division B will have to play off for it. So, I mean, I'll be completely honest. I'm I'm really worried for purple. Because he's already played six of his seven matches, right? So he only has one win. So at most he can have two. I'm I'm a little worried because <laughs> yeah. everybody else in the bottom of Division B uh, still has two more matches to play. So
0: yeah, pur- purple is is. It's, it, I'm getting an orange uh, vibe from Purple's <laughs> journey. This well, no, I I didn't even think about that. But Yes, they're both colors.
1: Uh, <laughs> they're but, both colors, and they're like super besties. They're also
0: both. <laughs> like pin like they're pillars of Hearthstone esports. Yeah. Like I, I don't the like purple and orange the, the players like are they're synonymous with like top tier Hearthstone play in my mind. And yeah. so it's much like I was getting weirded out watching Orange uh go through all the tiebreakers and, and crap that eventually ended in him uh relegating out of, of Grandmasters. I'm like it felt kind of surreal and, and like, I just didn't believe it. Like, I'm like, it's orange. Orange will find a way out of this. And, and he didn't. And so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm getting similar feelings with, with purple, which makes for great story and great viewing. And there, there are stakes, which is a criticism I had of, of the first season mm-hmm. of grandmasters. And yet then I'm like, oh, oh crap. Here I am crying for blood sport. And it's like, Oh, but I like purple <laughs> and I don't, I can't imagine yeah. Hearthstone Esports with him not currently in Grand Masters. So uh, it's wild for sure. Um, but overall, you know, like like pre-smear match uh, jokes aside, um, I've really, really enjoyed uh, this this first season this year. Um, it's 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 good. It's good Hearthstone.
1: Yeah, it's overall has felt a little bit more dynamic than grandmasters in the past. And I think it's because the relegations are happening so soon. So it feels like there's more stakes, but it also feels a little bit more balanced because we did have the three weeks of Swiss in order to seed everybody. So I feel like now we're getting, we're kind of in more of a place where it's like, it feels like people in division a are really deserving of being there. And same with B, like it feels just much more, competitive i guess than previous iterations of grandmasters so i'm totally on board with this i i think that the meta is maybe a little bit too solved like you said like uh, enough of the priests already like we're done <laughs> but at the same time like uh, that's kind of bound to happen so i i'm okay with it but uh yeah, I feel yeah we like had we're- with we're in week 10 now of grandmasters and it doesn't even feel like that no that many weeks right no it has it meta is going to get figured out over 10 weeks
0: exactly and honestly the meta like it, it, and it's not for lack of uh intervention by team 5 like there have been mm-hmm. the most balanced updates i think we've ever seen uh in this short of a span in an expansion's life cycle uh, which makes sense mm-hmm. new new class like it it, it kind of i i was surprised by it as it was happening and now like in retrospect I'm like I shouldn't be that surprised. It's the first time we've ever added a new class to the game. Of course, there's going to be a lot of adjustments, but um, it's also like, it's, it's so unique because we have all these balance adjustments, but they're really kind of, they're dealing with like the, the the real top end of of power level. And it's like, there's still a lot of power left. Like they're, they're just kind of smacking down like the biggest moles in the game of whack-a-mole. And there's still a bunch of mm-hmm. really jacked moles doing command, Kamehameha's <laughs> like full super saiyan <laughs> in these other, in these other regions of the game. Like the power level just across Hearthstone right now is just kind of nutty. Um, and so, it's so unique because in the past we've had metas, you know, with, with really volatile power levels and spikes and, and all that kind of stuff. And a balance patch has come in and it's wildly shifted the way that the, you know, the meta is and the decks that are being played. And that hasn't really happened. Like Demon Hunter is still more or less the same deck, even though we've been smacking it down and smacking it down. It's it Now it's just... A fair version of the basically the same deck list we've been watching, playing, and playing against. Yeah, uh, and that's just again, it seems really unique to me because in the past, anytime we've gotten any sort of balance change, it 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 really shifts things around, and it feels like this time it's not really shifting much around. The, the decks and the archetypes are more or less the same over the the majority of this of this Grandmaster season. So, um, it's it's interesting. Even if, you know, I have my own personal gripes. But you know what? It ain't it ain't evolved stone. I've, i really I should I it's the kind of thing it's like Count
1: your lucky stars.
0: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> if you played Hearthstone for a while, like there's always gonna be something that kinda grinds your gears, get you goat, whatever euphemism you wanna use. Uh, analogy, I guess, would have been euphemism and in, insinuates something else. Um, <laughs> yes, yes, it does.
1: <laughs> but I was like, "Hey, Garrett's really passionate about Hearthstone. I'm not gonna step on his
0: <laughs> step on my goat." Um, yeah. <laughs> so the the point is, you need to put it in perspective and, and like remember the times where there were like
1: truly
0: problematic standouts, uh, which which I would I, I would much rather be watching playing. Uh, this meta that we're currently in, then like going back to evolved Zone days. So, and then before mm-hmm. that, there were other other you know bad apples and bad as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, overall, really happy with this. Even though I am like, like pulling on my <laughs> pulling on my neck a little bit, sweating for some of my favorite like basically lifetime Hearthstone pros. Uh, it's kind of yeah, uh, and
1: I mean. One person, I, I totally agree with you with the with the relegation and some of the the big names that we're seeing. I think Calento and Tice are, are another two over on the EU side that are, you know, have been around just as long. But I am also really excited for like the up and comers. And I mean, Language Hacker, he's second right now in Division A. And this is his first season in Grandmasters. And he's actually been doing something really cool. He's been like um, going back through like his deck choices and plays and all that kind of stuff from uh each week of grandmasters and putting them up on youtube with like and with analysis and i don't he's he's killing it man like (laughs) i'm really really enjoying watching him play and watching his content and i mean he's canadian so i was gonna root for him anyways but yeah he's also doing very super well so don't
0: don't do it a disservice by disclosing your canadian bias that's actually really (laughs) rad i didn't know i didn't know they were doing that What, what do you know what his youtube is that's really cool
1: uh, I I'm, I'm not hundred percent sure. Yeah. Because I just always click on the links through, I just follow him on Twitter. So he always <laughs> posts them on Twitter and I just click through from there. So I don't know what his YouTube channel is. You guys know me. I know YouTube well, so <laughs> we'll, 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 try and dig uh, it up. And yeah, throw just the go, he's like, He's on hacker on Twitter. Go follow him there. <laughs> gotcha.
0: Cool. We'll, we'll try and dig it up and include it in the notes for you folks uh, in the, in post. So, um, well, rad, uh, well, we've got, again, we're entering the final week of round Robin. It's going to get real interesting from here on out. Expect us to keep, keep checking in on grandmasters as it unfolds. Uh, let's move to exploit town, uh, to which Nosdormu is the mayor once again of, uh, so, uh, I, this was brought to my attention by a link to a hearthstone Dex.net article. Um, I heard some people talking about it, but like I did, it was one of those things where I read it and I'm like, it can't be that simple. And so like, <laughs> Hearthstone-dex.net collected a bunch of different highlights. I'm like, oh, it really is. That's, this is one of the simplest That's exploits I've simple, yeah. <laughs> ever seen in the history of Hearthstone. Usually you read about the, these exploits and you're just like, I'd be mad if I wasn't so impressed because you got to do so many things and so many different very specific random things have to happen to actually ex- get this yeah, exploit Yeah, it's like, to work. how did you ever even figure this out? <laughs> yeah, but this is not at all. Uh, no, normally right now, if you've got him on board, you can just wait till the end of the rope and play plot twist. And the more cards in your hand, I, I hesitate to use this term, but for lack of a better word, the more cards in your hand, the better, uh, because it's very likely if you know, you have like 10 cards in hand, you're just going to make your opponent skip their turn entirely. Uh, yeah. and yeah, this is, this is far from the first time that Nosedormu dormu has been an issue and so a lot of players are uh and some even pro players are being uh less than subtle about the fact that they're unhappy with this and that something should be done about Nos dormu, um ranging anywhere from come on how many damn times do we have to deal with this to why is he even still in the game this is a trash card that no one takes seriously
1: just delete it um yeah and well, and that's that's kind of the, the thing about Nosdormu, right? Is that he's he's never been particularly competitively viable, like, he's never been uh, in any sort of like crazy combo that that isn't an exploit, right? <laughs> no one actually makes a deck and goes, Oh, I'm gonna use this card to make my combo work or to you know like make my deck work or for a finisher or whatever all the other reasons that you ever use a card like he just isn't that <laughs> he's been meme at best and buggy at worst and when he's part of the classic set it's just like why not just hall of fame him why not hall of fame all the dragons but why not just get rid of him like there's there's no real reason to keep him around because he's he's causing all these problems so i mean there was even um In the article from HearthstoneDecks.net that we're going to link to in our show notes, there's even um, a tweet from... I guess a fan who linked to something from Broad when Brode was still there. And he was like, yeah, Zormu is the worst card. It's so buggy all the time. Like we have so many problems with that card. And it's like, so it's been around and it's been known since that time and uh, since the days of Broad. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, he's still just sitting and chilling in standard. Like it's a little bit nuts. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, was, someone asked for like, what, what is one card you remember being particularly difficult? And the answer was just Nosdormu. And then someone else followed up with, was this because of bounce concerns or trying to find a good design for the character? And Perot's response was mostly because of bugs.
1: Yeah. Like, <laughs> <that's> it. <laughs> it's like, like Nosdormu is a known issue always. Like, so why, why?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and so like, I actually, you know me, I'm usually like, ooh, really, like really far side of the pendulum, like delete the card. Usually I'm like, oh, that's a little much. I kind of agree with them a little. Like, I see where they're coming from. (laughs) Monster is not a serious card. And also, frankly, in my opinion, this is subjective, but not the most fun either. Like, in terms of, like, cards that are, like, not competitively viable, but like redeem themselves with really cool design or just fun ways to play. I think this dormer falls squarely in the neither category. I don't think it's a fun card and it sure as hell isn't competitively competitively viable outside of its history of game breaking exploits.
1: So, yeah, exactly. And I mean, like, and I wouldn't mind some sort of like, I like the concept say around him in that he is, you know, the the aspect of time he's the head of the bronze dragonfly like i get all of that that makes a lot of sense that he would be a card that would mess with time in some way but i just think that if he wasn't programmed properly and is super buggy like just move on like like hall of fame him take him out of the game bring him back in when you fix everything, I don't know, but just the fact that he causes so many issues, it just seems crazy to me that he's, that he's still around and and causing issues with even newish cards. This isn't the, the new-ish, newest combo in the game, obviously, but it's like Garrett said, not hard to pull off
0: at all. <laughs> no, how do you do this? Well, have no Zormo on board and wait till the end of turn to play prop, plot twist like that's it. Mm-hmm. That's, all, that's all I have to do. Are you kidding me? I, I can put plot twists in my deck. I can put in a on my deck. Guess what? I'm a warlock. I can, dr- I can frickin' draw and get a big hand for added pain to the way that this exploit even works. So yeah, um, the official Playhouse on Twitter did tweet out saying that they're aware of, uh, quote, instances where playing Nosedormu, uh can skip your opponent's turn. This is being actively investigated as a bug. We are working on a longer term fix for Dormu related bugs. But in the meantime, please continue reporting these issues as they crop up. Hint being... I feel like translation. Boy, we really should have Hall of Famed this in the last uh, in the last <laughs> round of stuff, huh? Well, and then even then, um, they've actually been really good about dealing with exploits that are wild only. So, like, mm-hmm. I don't think Hall of Faming Nosdormu is uh, good enough. Like, something needs to be done about the card in general. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, I I would like to see something like really out of the box. Like, actually, maybe removing the card and then like give us a Nosdormu hero. Mm. Like, hey, Nordstorm is being removed. Everybody just gets Nosdormu as a as a, a hero. I don't know what class would Nordstormu be. Priest first neutral I can't, hero I card. can right now. <laughs> um, that'd be interesting. Do you just put a little hat on him for every class. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but, I don't but know. yeah, like
1: I, I would be open to some sort of like game mode that used his kind of effect that like messed with turn times or whatever. Because then that's also something you can like opt in or opt out of. Um, Proxilox in the chat room is saying um, that Naz is also really bad for people with disabilities and no hands gamer who's um, been in a lot of the oh what should call it Masters Tour events lately. Like he's doing really well. Talking was talking about how badly it can screw him up in a in a match. So I mean. If it's, you know, it's, it's not the most accessible card. It's causing all kinds of issues. Like, yeah, I think a a deactivation and revamp would be great. I think a mode could be interesting because that's something you can either choose to play or choose not to play. Um, Because I do think it's, it's kind of cool. The idea of like speed Hearthstone, that's a neat idea. That was in the
0: email last week. Uh, I I did, I think both Vigil and I were like, yeah, it'd be cool if, you know, I'm opting into it, obviously.
1: Mm Hmm. Well, yeah, exactly. And that's, that's the thing. Like you're opting into it, right? It may or may not. It could be like very Battlegrounds-esque, not a competitive mode, not like the main way you earn rewards in Hearthstone. Hey, just something Battlegrounds for fun. Is very
0: competitive. Or do okay. I just take things yes. too seriously and remove all the fun for myself? A little I
1: bit of column A, a little bit of column B. <laughs> I
0: think I learned something about myself today.
1: Yep. <laughs> but yeah, so I I mean, I totally understand that he can create some fun scenarios but if he's creating bugs like this, it's basically like getting the the mage quest reward, right? <laughs> but not having to do anything for it, really.
0: <laughs> More or less, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, anyways, it's a known bug. We'll see what they do about Nosdormu. I, I have to imagine they're kind of at their wits end at this point.
1: Yeah, I I would think so. But there's a long term fix coming, guys. So just. Don't exploit bugs. It's called
0: the digital <laughs> shredder. You just take the card.
1: <laughs> yeah. uh,
0: Sorry, Mr. Although that would be <laughs> sand in your shredder, and I can't imagine that's really good for the teeth.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh,
0: that's no good. That's no good. Uh you know what else is no good? Well, actually, you know what is a total mixed bag of emotions? Is uh BlizzCon officially being canceled for 2020. Uh executive producer of BlizzCon, Sarah Lynn Smith. Posted an update on BlizzCon 2020 yesterday, confirming the event's cancellation, Uh, Sarah Lynn wrote, saying, quote, ultimately, after considering our options, we've come to the very difficult decision to not have BlizzCon this year. Uh, Interestingly, though, uh, an online event was alluded to. Uh, Sarah Lynn continued saying, we're talking about how we might be able to channel the BlizzCon spirit and connect with you in some way online. We'd want to do this as soon as we could, but given that this is new-ish territory and the different factors involved, it will most likely be sometime early next year. So BlizzCon online, January, February, 2021
1: yeah and okay i'm glad that you kind of prefaced all of this by saying it's a mixed bag of emotions because i have definitely been on a roller coaster since this was announced i was i think i don't know i like i'm sad that the event won't be happening because i know it is just so central to so many people's years like a lot of people use this as their vacation i know for garrett you and i it's the one time of the year we get to see each other and i know that's true across a lot of different people a lot of different relationships like BlizzCon is your place that you see your people once a year. So, uh, but that was my sad feelings. But then my happy feelings was like, because of my job and being a contract employee, I don't actually have any vacation. So I didn't think I was going to be able to go this year. So now I don't have anything to miss out on. <laughs> it's like so selfish. And I felt so bad, but I saw that it was canceled. And I was kind of like, yay. <laughs> well, I mean, Granted,
0: uh, a, a little yeah, fair, a little selfish,
1: a little tiny. Oh yeah, dip, no, but totally okay. selfish. Like I am, I am completely yeah, aware. But, but that was like my immediate gut reaction was I was like, oh, I don't have to stress about not being able to go anymore, or like trying to figure out some like wild and wacky scheme to try to get there. Like I just. It's, it's something off my plate, which in these times things off your plate is a really nice kind of mental break. So (laughs) yeah, I was, I was kind of happy, but then I was also sad because I know it means a lot to a lot of people. So I
0: I share that feeling as well, because it hit like, had they, had they had it, I'm not sure I would have felt comfortable going. And yeah. So, so like, but you I'm, would
1: have felt the obligation, right? So, right. Well, to a certain degree, but I,
0: I may not have gone. Um, mm-hmm. Kenny and I were having really serious conversations about if we were even going to plan to go this year. On top of yep. the, uh, personal, nobody cares. But it's our five-year wedding anniversary. Ah. When BlizzCon usually happens because uh, we got married, right which before
1: also wait, it was it's been five years.
0: <laughs> uh, it was twenty fifteen. It was uh, October twenty fifteen. It is Man. now, it, we will be approaching October 2020, um, probably tomorrow at the rate time is currently slipping because of its it continued <laughs> right? irrelevance. but
1: You're going to get in super trouble because you forgot to get an anniversary present because you thought it was still months away and then it turns out to be tomorrow and you're just like, when did October happen? And no one can tell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So,
0: my point being is like, I, I I, I, totally understand where you're coming from because I, I was having, like, even before all this, it was kind of, you know, before the official cancellation was having serious conversations about like, am I even going to go? And I, I I kind of came around to like hashtag streamer footage. If I wasn't going to be doing a panel or anything official, like ask my Blizzard to go do anything, I probably would skip because I don't think I'd feel comfortable going just because like it is such an, an absolute international affair. People come from every corner of the globe. There's so much air travel, just <laughs> so much cross-contamination well, they- happening.
1: Exactly. And such close quarters. I mean, they would have to have in order to keep the attendance numbers the same, they would have to have a venue that was like four to five times as big as the Anaheim Convention Center because you just couldn't keep that many people apart that it's they physically don't have the space right so and i'm so, yeah I that's mean, a
0: conversation they had right when they say like yeah when, when they looked at all of the options i'm sure that was one of them like there was there a blizzcon team now like this is their job i'm oh, certain yes, there yeah. was a I, I, the money i would pay to be a fly on the wall in those meetings um because as someone who doesn't have to perform that job it would be very entertaining to see the conversations that had i'm sure if you are in that role it has been absolutely the most stressful point in the history of your, uh, job position. Uh, So Mm -hmm. I, I don't, I don't, uh, I, I feel for you. Um, but you're absolutely right. Like it's just, it's not feasible right now. Like things are looking better for sure. Um, but, but come then who, who knows? Um, yeah. And it's just like, as they've, as, uh, Sarah Lynn Smith wrote in the first update where they were like, Hey, we're not sure what's going on. Like people plan for this way in advance. You need advance notice. I, 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 as I wrote on Twitter, I think it's 100% the right call. But as, as you and I are talking and moving and working through right now, I have big time mixed emotions because then I started to think about it and I'm like, after the year we've had going to BlizzCon would be the most amazing thing I could think of the most amazing way to actually kind of put COVID-19 behind me. (laughs) Like yeah. selfishly feeling like, well, man, maybe do you want do I, that I, in
1: 2021? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I hope
0: I, I really do. Yeah, I really do. The next, the, whenever I get to see you and Kyle and our listeners and like do a live show and go to BlizzCon and all of that stuff, get wrecked in the Hilton lobby like a total, you know, <laughs> jerk, like it's going to feel amazing. Um, mm-hmm. And so really, hey, Angry Chicken listeners, you, you come out every year in full force. I'm going to miss you all. And I could really, really use hanging out with you all right now, like more than ever before.
1: Same. That's my final thought on (laughs) BlizzCon being canceled. (laughs) Yeah, we should also mention that they did talk about esports and basically said that they're still going to support some high level competition. So I think we can basically expect like things like the the Hearthstone World Championships to still be held. I mean, they've kind of made the transition over to um, esports from home. So I, I think that we can kind of just expect more of the same.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's something they are more than capable of producing remotely. Uh, which they've already been doing as we see. I mean, and it, it's even different depending on which, which esport it is, right? Like, like I, I, I'm still enjoying GSL and they're still using their studio. There's just no audience like, which is
1: right. Was yeah. wild.
0: And now I'm just used to it. Like, it's just,
1: <laughs> this is
0: just the, the reality that we live in right now. And uh, I've become numb to it, I guess, but yeah, um, like, yeah, there's no reason esports should not happen. it's just, gonna happen in your pjs and your 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 sponsored jersey and that's okay
1: (laughs) and there's nothing wrong with that exactly (laughs) no
0: no not at all and so uh if you'd like to read the statement in full it's on the official blizzcon website right now we'll have a link in the show notes for you uh speaking of sponsors we have one to thank today and it's harry's harry's is back sponsoring this episode of the angry chicken you know speaking of speaking of you know attire right now you know business on top PJ's on the bottom harry's has got your grooming needs covered because you know for me my face is on top uh i you know i don't stream my feet take that as you will Um, although even if I did, I would probably clean it up a little bit with the Harry's razor, but uh, you know, I've, I've been keeping my, my beard nice and short. My Harry's razor has been working double time. I've been having so many darn meetings lately and everybody wants video now, man, before, before work from home, Joss, nobody ever asked me to turn my video on. No one ever did. So if it wasn't a show day or sometimes if it is, especially I uh, haven't been able to. I just finally got my hair cleaned up, but up until now, haven't been able to keep it. There's been a lot of hats going on. Now suddenly, everyone wants the damn camera on. I have to look presentable. I'm and, so
1: sorry about your luck, Garrett. Yeah,
0: yeah. So now I got to you know I got to make sure face is looking nice. My Harry's razor is doing that, and uh, just for listening to Angry Chicken, you can go get a Harry's trial set delivered to your doorstep over at Harry's.com/tac. So go check it out. Uh, I'm a big fan of it. I've been converted ever since they started sponsoring the anger chicken and they are like our first sponsor. So I've been converted for I think like four years now, it's been a long a, time. A
1: lot of them, a lot of years. We don't need to talk about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a very, very, very long time. So go check it out. Whether you, whether you're like you were, were previously like me and you had a beard and you just needed to keep your cheeks and your neck beard in check. It works great. If you're like me now and you're basically going clean shaven, Ooh, make short work. It's wonderful. Um, so go check it out because listen to any tricking, You can redeem your Harry's trial set over at harrys.com slash TAC and you're going to get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, uh, a five blade razor with lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel with aloe, which I'm a big fan of to keep your skin hydrated and a travel blade cover so you can keep your razor dry and uh, keep it easy to grab on the go. Just go to harrys.com slash TAC to start shaving better today. Thank you for the support and for keeping me looking at least vaguely presentable. So thank you very much, Harrys. We appreciate it. Uh, And now we are going to go to our interview with Mr. Jack, concept artist from Blizzard Entertainment, who just streamed over the course of three days on the official Hearthstone Twitch account, the creation of next month's card back. Enjoy. (music) Hi, and welcome, everybody, to a special Angry Chicken interview. I'm uh, I'm Garrett, as you probably know, because now that I think about this, this is getting stitched in the middle of a podcast, so go me for thinking that far ahead. But today I'm sitting down with Blizzard concept artist Luke Mancini. You might know him as Mr. Jack, at least that's how I know him, because I've been staring at your art for a really long time, as it turns out. You've been, if Google is to be believed, you've been uh, <laughs> making art over at Blizzard since 2010?
2: Yes, uh, I joined the StarCraft team in 2009, late 2009. Oh, that's, that's, that's awesome. that's
0: just over 10 years now. Wow. I, I started doing Blizzard podcasts in 2010. Uh, so that, that makes a lot of sense because I was scrounging. Uh, hopefully, you won't come after me for this. I was scrounging Google image search for like banners and thumbnail images like all the way back in 2010. So I, came, I kept coming across your art. Um, and actually, yeah, StarCraft was the uh, the first game I ever did like content about. So, and uh, it makes a lot of sense that I'm like I feel like I've known the name Mister Jack for basically the entire time I've been doing Blizzard uh, content. So that that checks out. So, well, that's that's awesome. So you've been you've been at Blizzard a really long time. And so, okay, Brad, everything I looked up on Google does indeed, I guess, check out. Maybe we'll we'll find out, and you can refute or uh, or correct some of this stuff. But. Yeah, I, I did say that you had started on the StarCraft team. Um, it looks like you've also worked on the WoW TCG and Heroes of the Storm, as, as well as, obviously, Hearthstone. Yeah,
2: so uh, while I was, um, I started out on StarCraft with Liberty, um, not quite a year. Yeah, I joined not quite a year before we shipped Wings of Liberty um, and was there on the Heroes team as that project turned into an actual project started from a little mod that the StarCraft team was working on and developed all the way into a game and a team on its own. Um, and yeah, that entire time I was working on the WoW QCG as a freelancer because um, Blizzard had different levels of control over like the production of that over the years. And then when um, when that sort of got taken over completely, we started working on half and I, started working on that internally as well, which was really fun. And that was all on the side while I was still working on StarCraft or Heroes.
0: Oh, so you were like technically a freelancer even though you were a blizzard employee working on StarCraft and Heroes?
2: Yes. Oh, yeah. So wow. I the first the first few years on the Wild CGI was actual freelance. I got paid not by Blizzard. And then once we once it came internal, we do it's yeah, effectively outsourcing Internally, um, which is a really fun thing to do. I'm really, really happy that I was able to contribute for so long.
0: I, I, I've heard a lot of uh, a lot of different you know devs and artist stories in my time you know covering Blizzard games, and this has to be one of the more unique journeys through through uh, the professional career of of working at Blizzard <laughs> Entertainment. That's that's pretty cool. So, I mean, I mean, it sounds like you must be obviously, you you, you know, you, if you go anywhere, if folks listening at home, go just Google Mr. Jack art uh, and maybe throw Blizzard in there. You're all over the place, Art and, and the like. I mean, just look, taking a quick look at your work, like clearly you are versatile. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm curious what it's like, you know, before getting into the Hearthstone specific stuff. I mean, you've gone from StarCraft. It, you, apparently you were you were doing both WoW and StarCraft uh, art kind of around the same time with the TCG as well as here's a storm. I mean, what is it like constantly oscillating between science fiction and fantasy art styles is like, do you even think about it at this point? Uh,
2: Um, it's pretty, it's pretty natural. Yeah. I think at this point, uh, heroes did a lot to help out with that because it was basically just working on all of blizzard's IPs while we were doing that. It was a bit of Starcraft, And honestly, um, it was sort of nice, like you—you you never got bugged down in one thing for too long. You weren't doing years of the same thing. So when I was on the Starcraft team initially doing the WoW tc WoW TCG, that was really nice because it was um, Starcraft, uh, sci-fi all day, and then a little bit in the evenings or on weekends, just dabbing my toe in WoW and fantasy stuff. Um, and yeah, so that was always nice and. While I was on the Heroes team, that was, that was one of the most fun things about that project, I think, was being able to do a little bit of everything, being able to say, hey, I like Warcraft, I like Diablo, I like mixing these things together and smashing them together. And those were always the most fun, I think, the crossovers and stuff, where we got to do the Heroes encountering each other and appearing from other worlds.
0: How did you, you know, before you get to current, uh, maybe stay kind of in your history a little bit, like how did you get your foot in the door at Blizzard? Like, were you always kind of doing fantasy and science fiction? Were you doing some fan art?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, pretty much. I was, um, I grew up on Blizzard games. I was a Mac. We had a Mac at home. So Blizzard was one of the few companies that actually made games that we could play. So that helped. Uh, so I was a Brutal War player in... Uh, high school all my friends would, we played brood war at school we convinced our teachers to let us put brood war on the science computers we'd play every lunchtime or most lunchtimes um and so when sc 2 got announced that was that was just blew my mind that trailer blew my mind i mean i said this before but i think it's still one of the best that lizards done the build about a marine launch trailer for sc 2 and i just started doing fan art and i got super Devoted into the SC2 community, um, I joined a, a smallish fan site and just like scoured Blizzard's updates for um, for all sorts of information. Got their videos and made gifs out of everything and tried to find the little things that may, they may have been hidden in there and um, all that stuff. And so, and I was just drawing like Zerg stuff, especially the initial launch trailer was uh, Terran and Protoss, and then Zerg came out, and I always loved Zerg and um, rude like they And they slowly were trickling all this and for just This isn't quick enough. So I started drawing my own stuff and eventually that caught the attention of people at Blizzard. And I just kept doing it. I think that was the biggest thing. It wasn't just like, Oh, I did this one amazing piece and I saw it and then got forgotten. It was just like, keep doing it and keep doing it.
0: I hope I-, and
2: eventually, I, um, I was able to, I was able to visit and go to BlizzCon in 2018. Um, So I got a a press pass, which was pretty, pretty cushy because I didn't really, um, the the members of the fan site that I was a part of got the press pass and they were able to bring someone, one of their team and the other couple of guys from the site were American already. So they pretty much already booked their BlizzCon tickets and I was able to just say, say, Hey, you live in Australia. Makes a bit more sense for us to use this to get you out here than it does to get one of us from Ohio. Um, so that was pretty amazing. And I got to meet a bunch of the community team um, and a bunch of artists. I got to meet Sammy there, and that was pretty amazing. And just further uh, further stoked the fires of excitement.
0: BlizzCon, BlizzCon will do that to you for sure. I, uh, I haven't been able to stop going since I first showed up. So, well, that's that's awesome. Um, so, you know, kind of moving forward, you know, talking when I, when I knew I was going to get down to sit with you and, uh, and, and, and talk about doing art for blizzard again, I was, it's been a, it's been a while since I kind of, you know, poured over your art. So I was, I was looking through back through and, and I just kept thinking about the, the term, the word just versatile just kept coming in my head just because of how many different properties you've worked on. And I, I have to imagine that that type of variety would come in handy with working on Hearthstone. Cause like, yes, it's set in Warcraft, but like Hearthstone's version of Warcraft really goes places. Like they they really kind of take their themes and and just crank them up to eleven. So I'm did you again? It's one of those things. I'm I'm kind of curious if you think about it or uh, when you're when you're in it. Like oh thank goodness I've I've drawn uh, dinosaurs, robots, roaches <laughs> bursting out of the ground, and also yeah, orcs well. fighting. Or or is is it just? Does Blizzard have such a kind of. uh I don't know, like, I guess the art direction kind of like their aesthetic and their, and their visual language, does it just kind of carry through all the IP?
2: It does. Yeah. To a certain degree. I think Hearthstone is a pretty good example of like a Blizzard, or the Blizzard art style. Like it's very, it's, it's wow, but it's even more, um, a little more over the top and a little bit more, it's got a strong, um, vibe of its own, I think, um, and that was a really interesting thing, having gone from working on Hearthstone on the side. So I would do like every set, I'd do maybe two cards and I would just get the style style guide from the Hearthstone team. And they'd be like, here's all the stuff you're doing. Here's your brief. You're doing this one card each wave. Um, I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. And I'd have a bit of an overview of like what the set was and what that style was. But now being on the team and being um, a part of like how we choose the theme for the set and ha- what elements we decide are really important for which set. Um, it's been a really nice uh, change in seeing like the entire way the, the product is made rather than just, uh, oh, here, add these of art every now and again. Um, and yeah, Hotstone does a really good job of grab- of finding a key like theme per expansion, and then they really just go to town on that um in a way that like you can't really do in warcraft where you're still there are so many different elements and so many things going on and so many different ways that you want people to play at any one time whereas hot you can really focus on like one of my favorite sets was the um knights of the frozen throne and it was like this is everything's death knights everything's frosty everything's crazy and you could we just really went to town on like every card has that flavor uh, and it's such a such a cool thing to see how uh, how we can take all those recognizable well elements and add that little spin to them
0: it's it's freeing in a way right like something like knights of the frozen throne it's nice to not have i I would assume it's nice to not have to worry about like the canonical impact of uh turning all of the heroes in the death knights it's like well goldan's dead twice now and jaina might but like it doesn't matter like just have fun with it it's like a a really great comic spin-off a lot of these expansions i really like them yeah
2: yeah and i mean that's something that i really really love was we have to be we could choose characters from there, like most iconic period and take them from there. And then if we wanted to say like Thrall, we had multiple versions of Thrall from places that were canonical. And then it's like, what happens if he was like he went fully evil? What happens if he was elemental? Uh, like all these other things that we didn't have to worry about. And I think huffton has a very similar lighthearted heartedness. We don't get to go quite so crazy. Um, but there's still this uh I think that's a I think that's a fun thing too. Like it's it's nice to know where your boundaries are and just play within those um but that sense of fun and surprise like taking characters in a completely different direction that a regular wow audience is never going to get is pretty cool
0: that's great well you know we're we're talking today because uh the the, you and the hearthstone team have done something pretty unique that that we haven't really seen the team do before you you just designed an entire card back from start to finish live on stream. Folks were able, uh, at the time of recording this, it was last week over the course of basically three days of streaming. You, you did a concept work for next month's card back and then brought it all the way to completion. Um, how did that come about? Like, frankly, I'm just let my uh, opinion out of the bag. I loved it. I thought it was really cool. Uh, You know, when I went to my very first BlizzCon, like before I ever had a media pass or had to like, I have to get X amount of interviews and cover it for the shows. And stuff. I just went from like art panel to art panel. Cause like I was, a, I still am a really big Blizzard art nerd. Um, So it was so rad. Like as someone who went to their first BlizzCon and like, lived at the art stage uh which at that time there was like art panels going almost 24 7. um it was really cool to see you streaming like from your home rig doing some uh doing some blizzard art so like what i'm kind of curious like how did that come up
2: uh i think it was basically just somebody's idea that hey what people this is something that people are interested in this is something that we can do that isn't like super spoilery like out of so much of what we do is we don't want to give anything before it comes out because obviously for obvious reasons. Uh, so we can't show that's usually the way it is work, we're, we're working on stuff that we can't show for months or years in some cases. Um the, but the seasonal backs are like this is a perfect example of um something that we can actually show our pipeline. And in a way, like sure, we could just um film it beforehand and then edit it and put it up but honestly it's a lot less work just to go and do it live that you get uh, yeah and it's i've done quite a lot of live painting like i've live streamed on my own i've been to big events like i've done i've done the art stage at blizzcon pretty much every year that they've had it in, from the first year which i think was 2010 when we that was the first time that they'd done that um and so i've always been able to do that but this was the real first time that we've like, those were all just, hey, draw a picture. Draw, like, an illustration of some sort, which is, I mean, technically is part of my job as well. But this was the first time that we'd really gotten to show, like, the full process and how this, um, how that development leads into the game, especially with Hidija with there, who was able to answer a lot more questions than I was able to about the technical side of. What happens to the card back once we actually have to put it into the game and the effect side of things? Um, And I think that was—I mean—it's really something that Blizzard does not do that often, if at all. There's—we've got a lot of Blizzard art books, um, and that sort of gives you an overview overview after the fact. But a lot of that is like heavily curated, and a lot of that's like, "Hey, we didn't have a concept for that thing. Can you just draw one real quick?" It's (laughs) uh, like—it's not really representative of how. The um, the game gets put together, so it was really really fun to be able to show off like a little bit more naturally how these things get
0: built. That's that's really cool. It, it, so would you say it was a pretty accurate representation of like what it's like doing card backs specifically? Because I'm I'm certain for just about any other piece of art, there's probably a lot of different moving parts before that. Oh, sorry sure, yeah, it gets finalized.
2: One of the things that made it easy was the card backs are pretty self-contained, especially for a seasonal one where it's just, you just come up with a piece of art and then a 3D artist takes it and puts it onto a card back and we put it in the game. Like It it doesn't have a lot of other interdependencies, uh, especially when you don't have a theme that you're necessarily having to stick to. It was a really good example of something yeah, self-contained that we could just do in one session. Honestly, it actually came together a lot more quickly than, uh, I feel like there's something, and I found this uh, this one I've streamed personally, too. There's something really like, like something that makes you more productive while you're working and people are watching. I find it's just like I have to sit down and paint. Like this is going to happen. I need to get a result by the end of the stream. Uh, and occasionally it it won't work out, but I can't get distracted. I can't go and look at red or <laughs> check my phone or get distracted by turning around to the person behind me. Um, and it's just all right. I have to paint. So honestly, it came together. I mean, I like to say, "Oh, yeah, I knew it was going to be great," but it came together better than I was hoping it could.
0: Yeah, I I, 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 feel the same way. I remember when we, like, when we made the switch from doing podcasts, like local recording, and then doing them live on Twitch, and it was just like, "Oh, we just, we just need to make this work," and just if something happens, keep pick up the ball, keep going, uh, and and it actually forced us to be a lot more efficient. Uh, so that, that's funny. That makes a lot of sense to me. <laughs> I really understand that. Um,
2: also, I will, um, I will add that the, the where it ended up on the Thursday at the end of the stream is definitely not final. and there's estimate there's probably at least two more like proper work days of work left to get it, get it done. It's funny because at the end of the Wednesday stream, I'm like, yes, this is this is almost done. I didn't even know if there's gonna be anything to do on Thursday. For the final stream and then we came to Thursday and it's just like all oh, those final little touches. Um, it was a, That's definitely one of the things that you almost never see like in a live demo because you, certainly at BlizzCon it would be an hour or an hour and a half for some of the earlier panels would be you know, doing an illustration and the what it takes to go from zero to probably like 60 or 70% of an illustration you can do in an hour and a half as long as you're not super constrained or it, it works out okay and then it's that like those final touches so even have being able to show off that um is something that you all, almost never see like that an artist taking the time to just finish those little pieces and talk about that a little bit that was really nice to be able to show as well
0: yeah it, it's fascinating and, and it's like uh you know what i what i saw of the stream was to me felt like a, a really accurate representation of like of the the creative process, but also just painting. Like you said, that that last kind of 30% takes usually longer than the first, you know, 70% that came before it of, of fine tuning and getting it to a finalized place. Um, so I was, I, I, you're, you're right. It was really cool to kind of see that on display. Um, so, you know, we only have so much time here. I'm kind of curious too. Like, you know, as we've talked about all of the different properties that you've worked on, you know, Blizzard kind of, from the outside looking in, it feels like the type of place where, as an artist, you're, you, you might never get bored. Like, so would you? Do you? Are you able to scratch all of your creative itches, or is there like, or do, or do you just still have like a deep, burning desire to go do something completely different? I don't know. Maybe you want to go hide in a corner and just do some still lives for a change. <laughs> there's
2: definitely, there's definitely an element of that. I mean, they've always. Uh, always something that you're not going to be able to, to get to. It definitely takes most of my like, yes, this is definitely what I want to be working on. Like, it's all fun. I really enjoy all of it. Um, these days, I don't have as much time for a person. I, like, I used to do keeps a person a lot, um, as you can see from my DeviantArt, which hasn't been updated in a couple of years at this point. Um, but the sort of thing I like to do in my own spare time, I, I do a lot of natural history stuff. Like, I like growing birds and animals and things. Um, I like when I've got time for it. I like to do traditional painting, maybe once a year, I'll <laughs> find time to break up paints. I've got two young daughters now. So finding time for that sort of art is a lot more challenging, but what's your, um, uh,
0: what's your, uh, traditional medium of choice?
2: Uh, it's mostly when I've been doing painting, it's acrylics. I like drawing. I mean, I do try and draw in a sketchbook with just a pencil a lot. Like I still even working, and I talked about this a little bit on the stream, what, even at work i have a big stack of paper next to my desk on a clipboard the clipboard that i got i think on my first day it's the same one it's got a bunch of stickers on it um and it's just got a, a stack of printer paper on it and i just do like doodles and 50 percent is just doodles for the fun of it while i'm waiting for a meeting or trying to find something in my head thinking about an idea and 50 percent is actual sketches like thumbnail sketches or composition sketches just for for things it's It still feels really nice to work like that traditionally, and so I've got a sketchbook that I try and take if I go traveling. Like I'll do Inktober every year. I try and do at least like some of it. Um, Usually I get I slack off about halfway through, but it's always a fun time. Just having that little impetus of hey, do some ink drawings and pull out like a big set of markers that I've got. A lot of the time it'll be like oh I've got to do a birthday card or like a card for my wife or some, like an anniversary, so I'll get the markers out and do something for that. So a lot of the time it's, um, yeah, I need a little a little extra reason and I'll do a little bit of extra painting. But yeah, for the most part, like the variety that I get um, from working on Blizzard, especially like Hotstone, so many different things to be working on between card art to the UI to all these other like elements that I didn't really think about when I was just working on, just the car from outside the team. There's a lot.
0: That's great. Well, um, so out of curiosity, like how many, do you know offhand how many card backs you've designed? Card backs one.
2: So the one I did, that was your first one. (laughs) Oh, awesome. Yeah, That was my first one. I've done almost everything else in the game at this point now. Um, but that was the first card back. So I've done a bunch of card packs, um, so far as well, which have been fun. So, um, but yeah, the majority of my hostile work has been uh, card art and key art for that. So it's been, I'm looking forward to doing more. It's definitely, there's something really fun about taking a theme and wrapping it into that constrained, like shape that you have for a card back. Like they all, they all have certain elements that you need to keep, keep there and how you take those and fit a theme around them is really satisfying.
0: So, so how long do you think you're going to just keep the fairy dragon card back as your main card back in a hearthstone? Like a year, yeah. two years? <laughs>
2: Yeah, probably. I mean, looking at the one that I've got now, I think it was the next Ramus Heroic card that I got when I beat that and I put it on. I'm not not changing that. Um, So yeah, another couple of years, I'm sure. But I have to make sure I get on. And actually, that that would be really disappointing if I don't end up playing any and just miss out.
0: Rad. well, before before we go, uh, I, I'm curious. Uh, and it's it's been a long time since I've gotten to talk to a Blizzard artist, and we always get this question uh, when it happens. So I'm curious um, for any of the the budding hopeful future Blizzard artists, what any advice?
2: Uh, just draw a lot, like, and draw what you're excited about. I think that was really what what took me over the like what made the big difference. I think was finding. The Zerg at the time was just, I wanted to draw all of them. Like I sat down and like, this is just amazing. And that was that, like I've seen, there are artists I've seen where it was like, oh, this is one amazing piece. And then you sort of don't hear from them. And I'm not saying you need to be like, every day, pump out a piece. But like, if you can find um, something that you're excited about, it really makes a difference to, and it really makes a difference to how easy it is to put in the work. Because a lot of the time, I mean, especially when you're doing it professionally, You've got days when you don't really feel like painting. And it's like oh, I really just have to dredge this up, dredge up the energy, and just get it done. But if you're working on something that you know you're passionate about, it really like makes it easier to do that. Um, but yeah, I think consistency is the key. Like, keep doing it, keep working on it. And even if you're not, I find that even if you're not specifically trying to like do studies of things or whatever, just doing more art will you will just get better.
0: Well, thanks for, thanks for sharing that. And, uh, thank you for your time. I really appreciate it, Luke. So for anyone out there that wants to take a look at your work or keep up with you, uh, what's the best place to, uh, to keep an eye on what you're doing over there at Blizzard? Uh,
2: I keep, uh, Twitter and Instagram. I keep the best updated out of all my places. So I'm Mr. Jack Art uh, on both of those. Um, and yeah, so I I try and keep those updated moderately, frequently, Um, And I've got a DeviantArt page VNR station page that are not updated at all.
0: (laughs) I've just taken a look at those as well. Well, uh, you should still go look at it, everybody. The work is great. Uh, So uh, thank you again, Luke. I really appreciate it.
2: No worries. Thanks. It's been great to talk to you. crazy. You're in trouble now.
1: You got it.
0: You can send your crazy game stores to TAC at gmail.com. If you're a patron, drop them in the Discord. You can skip the inbox entirely. Lloyd M writes in, says, Hello, frantic foul. I'm feeling a little frantic today. I've had way too yeah, much. Yeah, I'm caffeine. a little
1: bit nuts. Yep. They a,
0: little crazy. a
1: little
0: crazy, a little crazy. I even got to like, see some friends, uh, from across a pool this weekend. I'm still going crazy. That's crazy. It's not enough. It's not enough. Um, anyway, Lloyd M writes, hello, frantic foul. I recently had an interesting game with my tempo elemental dragon mage deck. I'm already interested just in your deck, uh, against a <laughs> battle cry, Galakrond shaman. Why isn't my games look like yours, Lloyd man. Whew, that sounds fun. Things started off bad for me as I drew all my late game cards and had to constantly remove his annoying minions, so I ended up taking a fair bit of face damage. My opponent gets me to around 10 health and turns into Galakrond, summoning his Rush Elementals, then passes the turn. This late in the game, I was able to turn into the Amazing Reno, and poof, his minions were gone. Best effect ever. (laughs) I believed that until, like, I don't know, the 37th time it happened to me. But uh, the next rounds go back and forth with me chipping away at his health as he starts to run low on cards in hand. I end up on four health with with my only out being Power of Creation, discovering two taunt minions for me. Hooray! I get two Violet Wardens, 4-7 with taunt and plus one spell power for my trouble. I've finally leveled the playing field. My opponent sends me a few emotes on his turn before running his two minions into my strange wizard tanks. And then I never thought they are strange wizard tanks. I never <laughs> thought about that. <laughs> that is strange. What's battle of mage confirmed? Whatever the case is the opponent passes yes. their turn. Uh, I assume he was admitting defeat. I've got this in the bag. Bring on the next game. But wait, 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 wait. Reno, what are you doing? Reno's passive hero powered. Cast dark possession, deal two damage to a friendly character, discover a demon. Randomly, Random targeting hits me, and thanks to the plus one spell power minions on board, I die from exact lethal thanks to Reno's <laughs> BS hero power. Thanks, Reno. You are truly amazing.
1: <laughs> I love this story so much.
0: This is a good one. This is, a good, uh, we've, we've had a lot of crazy game stories. This is like, this is just, no, chef's kiss, quintessential crazy game story right here.
1: Yep. <laughs> like, yay, two tank minions, I'm going li- to, or two uh, Todd minions, I'm going to live. Exactly then, what I
0: needed. Yeah. i got it
1: in the bag, we on
0: the next game. Oh, no, no, you, Reno, you idiot.
1: <laughs> what are you no, doing? No, see, what, what Reno was doing was reversing the balance of power because you shouldn't have won that game. And Reno was like, Nuh-uh, those two Todd minions, that's some BS. I'll fix
0: it for you. It's not, that, it, it, it's not that Lloyd shouldn't have won that game, but I'm certain Lloyd, you dig, dig deep, dig deep. And this is probably why you felt comfortable <laughs> enough sharing this, this tragedy with us. Dig deep. I'm sure you can think of multiple games that you won because of Reno that you really like had no business winning. It's called playing Mage mm-hmm. in Hearthstone right now. <laughs> and it's basically just winning games you have no business winning. Uh, but, you know, that's just me priests mages and a little bit of rogue right now i am like come at me i'm so done with your random nonsense well priest, <laughs> priests aren't random it's just yeah i'm i get bored they bore me out of the game um but uh <laughs> but but, but oh mages right now and uh, a little bit of the rogue with a random generation is you know i'll get you i'll get you and i'm just gonna you hit
1: your quota <laughs> i've hit it
0: i've hit it i'm just gonna move things around so that we can move on to your emails hello hello um just quickly did you get
2: my message yep oh hello brother
0: (laughs) you can send your emails to the same place tscpodcast at gmail.com once again patron cool just drop it in the discord you can skip the inbox entirely who does our first email and or discord message come to us from today jocelyn
1: uh, this one comes to us from mixed clouds over in our discord. And he says, I believe Garrett had briefly talked about coaching sessions in Hearthstone before. And I was wondering if you could talk a little bit more about that. I find myself hitting a wall around the end of platinum ranks constantly and was wondering if even one session would help me get significantly better or should I stick to watching streams and restricting myself to one deck list, which is what I already do. Uh, any insights on what coaching can help you with, or if it's over or underrated, and where to look for it would be much appreciated.
0: Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, not sponsored at all, although Gamer Sensei, if you are listening, uh, I'm interested in sponsorship. Uh, GamerSensei.com uh, is where I have booked uh, uh, coaching in the past. Uh, as I've mentioned, I have gotten coaching from Cydonia, uh and would highly recommend it. There's other fantastic pros and like top 200 legend players on there available for coaching various different hourly rates. You can see it all right there. It's like, it's like Fiverr for gaming game coaching. Like you just go and there's, who do you want? How much do they cost rad? When are they available? There's a wonderful little built in calendar system that shows you availability of the coach that you were looking at. Um So it's just, it's super simple. Um And yeah, I do think you could get like a lot out of just a single session, especially if you, and I, I think it's even better if you are a single deck player. Um, cause then you can really shop around. You can even contact coaches ahead of time be like, Hey, do you have experience with this deck? You know, this is something I really want to hone in on. And uh,
1: yeah, like find somebody with a specialty.
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. Or if they're a tournament player, chances are they've, if, if your deck is seeing some tournament play, there's a good chance they've had a lot of time with that deck. Yeah. Um, and so, and I don't even mean just like Grandmasters. There's there's plenty of, of other regular Hearthstone tournaments out there that aren't necessarily like strictly blizzard run. Um, so there's that. And um, it, again, I'm gonna I'm gonna focus on the kind of the single deck format because I think if you're focusing it on a single deck, that's where you can get really a lot of bang for your buck out of a single session because you can work specifically on matchups and talk to your coach about matchups if you if you have any questions at all or ask them how they think about certain matchups. Cause that's really where things start. Like my brain starts to open up whenever I do coaching. Cause I, I find it's something you'd think by now I would think about more, more, more naturally more often, but, but I don't. And especially if I'm kind of new to a deck, it's like, all right, well how, what is the game plan from like before the game even starts, you see the matchup. I know what I'm going against what is this like? Uh, And talking to, to, you know, a pro player or a regular tournament player about matchups is uh, for me, it is, is wildly fascinating and it's really beneficial to my play.
1: Well, I feel like talking to someone who is playing Hearthstone at a much higher level than you are is really, really helpful because they've probably made observations that you just can't get from either reading a guide that's not tailored to your experience or just looking at stats on like HS replay. You guys know we love HS replay here, but there are like some inherent um oh, whatchamacallums, like drawbacks basically to just the amount of information that you're able to gather from stats when you're only looking at stats in your own experience with the deck. I think, you know, talking through matchups and, you know, even if, because the difference is on something like a stat site, like HS replay, you can look and see like, okay, I'm unfavored versus priest, but then you talk to a pro and they'll say, yeah, you're unfavored versus priest because on turn four, they do this thing that unless you have the perfect card for you can't counter and this is how you find that card and this is how you counter it or this is how you tech against it. And they can kind of like walk you through bringing that matchup a little bit closer or what to do in the situations where the bad thing happens, like how to come back from it. And those are things that stats just really can't tell you. So I think, you know, talking through somebody who is playing at a higher level will give you some insights. And again, they're tailored specifically to you personally, which can even be that much better than watching a stream because you might have a really good handle of some concepts, but not other concepts. And when you're a streamer, you're just sitting there walking over like the basics of the deck as you're playing. Right. So you may or may not be able to shore up somebody's individual knowledge of the deck with your broad statements. So I think that there's a lot to be said for the whole one on one experience And I think it's it's definitely worth it. And you did say, Mick, as well, that you um, do watch streams, which I think is a great starting point, because um, the other thing about getting coaching, especially in a one on one environment, is often personality, just like finding somebody that you know that you gel with, that you can fail a lot in front of (laughs) and that you can, you know, navigate that social situation, too, because that's definitely a part of it. So if you already watch a streamer, a lot of them, if you check below the stream in like their Twitch bios or if you go over to their Twitter page, they'll often say either I do coaching or available for coaching or whatever, but they'll have some sort of like email address. You can contact them or whatever. So if you find somebody that you like to watch explaining decks to you anyways that's a really good starting spot as well as a site like Gamer Sensei. But like if you found a personality you already gel with and you like the way that they explain things, that's a huge part of coaching too. So I think that, you know, starting with streamers, you already kind of gravitate towards and see if they offer it. That's also another avenue you can take.
0: All all well said. Yeah, I am a big proponent. Um, and like the very first time, like I was kind of concerned, it felt kind of weird. It's like, ah, oh, getting coaching for a video game, paying for that. It seems kind of weird, but it's like, I used to pay for guitar lessons. You know, I used to, it was a point in my life. I got golf lessons. I was very young. I hate golf. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, if you're into a hobby, uh, and you want to get better, I don't, I don't see why, you know, paying for coaching in a video game is any different than paying mm-hmm. for lessons or coaching in any type of more traditional hobby instrument, sport, etc. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm a really big fan. I like it a lot. Having finally gotten some like coaching under my belt. That wasn't just like a buddy, right? You know, going in with your friend who you know is better than you and being like, Hey, I want to suck less. (laughs) Uh, anyways, that's the
1: thing too. If, if it's something that they're doing to try to make money, you know, that they're going to have more experience than just like, Hey friend, let's sit down and try to figure this out together. Like it's going to be a good streamlined use of your time going to a professional coach. So yeah, I, I would definitely recommend it. If you're in a place where you have a specific goal that you like want to get to, you know, X rank, or you want to learn how to play better with this deck, or you want to try your hand in master's tour, like anything you want to do to just kind of elevate your game. If Hearthstone is your thing and that's going to provide value to you, then yeah, I, it's definitely worth it.
0: Agreed. Go check, go check. Just give it a try, mix. There's, there's plenty of yep. affordable coaches out there. You yeah, know, it's, it's just, See if you like it. Uh, Andy writes in and says, "Hey, Joss and Garrett, Uh, just our normal names. I'm not used to that. Uh, Every time, right? (laughs) Every time, it's it's refreshing. Thank you, Andy. Uh, Hey, Andy." (laughs) Every time I make a deck, I wonder what other people name their decks. As for me, and as you might expect from my ramblings about dust value and numbers...
1: Oh, sorry. Yeah, this came
0: from a much bigger email. Oh, thank you for tracking. A
1: a very, very Hmm. big email. Okay. Uh,
0: As for me, I am a very organized, nerdy person. I like having named all my decks in a specific pattern. So what I do is... Give all the decks the name of the core and most iconic card. For example, my beloved Rogue is of course named Coldlight Oracle. And the Paladin OTK deck has to have the name Uther of the Even Blade. How do you go about it, or do you just don't care because it's a cringeworthy habit of mine? Uh, I don't think it's a cringeworthy habit of yours. Um, I don't do it as much now, although I do have a few. Like, the decks I play kind of on the regular, uh, they do get names, and they give like... Names from me.
1: Oh, are you one of those, like, custom mage, custom rogue, custom warrior? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I that's cur- how you have your deck names?
0: It's whatever HS3Play calls them. Because when I'm just, like, rapidly oh, trying out okay. decks, whatever, like, you know, if, like, I, I don't know. Like, if I have only played, like, 15, 30 games or something, it's, it's not going to get a name. But if it's something I've really grinded ladder with, yeah, eventually I name it. Um, like, right now. But, like, mine are usually... So... Here's what you need to understand about me, listeners, when I name when I name my decks. Um so I, I try very hard to keep my podcasts PG13. <laughs> and a lot of the work I do outside of podcasting uh is in a pretty professional atmosphere. You know, I can't just fart and cuss all the time. But I love South Park and I grew up on punk rock. <laughs> I I cuss like a sailor and I find cussing and, and like fart jokes hilarious. So most of my—it's literally names, why
1: Garrett and I are friends, guys. Yeah, yeah, most of my deck
0: names are very vulgar. Uh, usually involve a lot of cussing. They're usually very judgmental about the deck. Um, so uh, although right now my my dragon hunter deck, which is like my main, just I need to grind, get work done. Deck is just called I'm sorry because my win rate with it is stupid. <laughs> it is silly. I is one of the most consistent win rates I've had in the history of Hearthstone, probably since like mid range paladin. Uh, cause I just got that deck so dialed in. Um, my, I have a mage deck cause I actually, I've really, as I've mentioned before, I, I really don't like mage right now. I hate playing against it, but I like playing it. Like it's a fun deck to play. I can't deny that it's one of the more fun decks in Hearthstone to play right now, but I have also titled it random bullshit. That is the name <laughs> of my mage deck right now. Um, cause that's what the deck is. Uh, so yeah, all of it's like, and I and I won't even, I'm not going to repeat the names of really big offenders from the past. Uh, like back when Yogg was in, uh, there was multiple uses of the F word. And
1: I was going to say, I know for a fact that you used to and probably still do. But when you have a deck that you have teched specifically against... One other opponent, you're you always name it F and then whatever the opponent is, like F Mill Rogue. Yep, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, F Mill Rogue. I
0: don't even remember what my (laughs) F Mill Rogue deck was. Oh, what was my F Mill Rogue deck? I don't even remember, probably some way but yeah, a, that, that is
1: that is Garrett's naming convention uh, guys when he's specifically sick of something I wouldn't be surprised if right now he had like an f priest deck or something
0: I, I I don't it's just it's just it's just my dragon hunter deck I just try to kill them before they they bore me into conceding um <laughs> so yeah that's I'm sorry is my is my my anti priest mm. deck at the moment um but yeah that's that's pretty much it and then other things I don't know every now and then I just have like cute names for things I do I've been playing a lot of cod again on weekends um, I really like the new Call of Duty and I haven't haven't liked Call of Duty this much since like they Modern Warfare 2. Um and I do mm-hmm. the same thing in there. All all of my Call of Duty loadouts are like named after like specs in World of Warcraft. Like I have an all silencer build that runs really fast and runs cold blooded so I don't show up on radar and it's named Rogue. <laughs> like okay. okay. so it's not named after a spec, <laughs> but it's just like named after a class. Yeah. Um yeah, I, Andy, I get you. I feel you. Like I I get thematic. I also get vulgar with uh With my naming conventions.
1: I often name things based on where I find them. So it'll usually be like streamer name and then whatever the the hook of the deck is. So like, I mean, right now, I'll be honest, probably a third of the decks that I have currently saved are Vigil Highlander, Vigil, like (laughs) (laughs) secret Vigil, like... I have used a lot of Vigil decks since the um, since the ladder changed, uh, I guess, two months ago now. Um, yeah, I've just, Vigil gives great recommendations. So, like, <laughs> my whole list is just Vigil, 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 Vigil. He's active in our um, Discord,
0: right? And he's, he's one of the more he active. He is also like, very
1: active. He posts yeah. a lot. Yeah.
0: Recommenders. Um, yeah. And, I, and yeah, I've, I do like his recommendations often. So, that's that does not surprise me.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, so usually it'll be like, um, like player names. So I know where I got it from because the other thing that I find really helpful is once I start playing with a, a deck and especially if it's a little bit off from what everybody else is playing then, or like it's a new concept or something. Cause I have a couple people I follow on Twitter, which I can actually, I can put links to them in the show notes if you guys want, but, um, They're basically like um, they aggregate a lot of different um, players, especially from like the master's tour level. So people that I might not necessarily be already following or familiar with. They're just a really great repository for like decks. And so usually what I'll do is I'll grab those and then I'll grab whatever the player name is so that I know if I can't figure it out, if I can't figure out how to play it, normally there's a Twitch stream or a YouTube video or like an explanation with like quick tips or something in their Twitter account. Like it gives me like a touchstone to go back to. So I have pretty practical deck names when I'm trying to climb, when I'm just playing around, especially at the beginning of an expansion, the punnier, the better. And I can't think of any off the top of my head, of course, but yeah, like the stupider the pun, the more I'm likely to use it in a deck name.
0: <laughs> you you do not disappoint. You are such an on-brand human being. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 great. It's just ah.
1: Yeah, I just all laugh at anything, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice. Nice. Well well thanks for asking, Andy. I'm, I'm, and thank you for sharing with us uh, your your like inner secrets about how you play Hearthstone. Uh that's that's great. Yeah, you're definitely you're definitely not alone. Although at the moment I also have plenty of just like Tempo Warrior. Yeah, whatever was whatever was named on HS replay because I just haven't played that many. Yeah, games see,
1: mine is like way better than that because mine say vigil temple warrior, so <laughs> I'm just next level Garrett come on catch up
0: <laughs> I'm going to like purposely make the next few visual recommendations like really deep deep cut references to TGI songs that's what I'm going to do
1: <laughs> Perfect. that's what it's going to be
0: <laughs> Well, thank you for writing in. Folks, keep the emails coming. tacpodcast at gmail.com and again, patrons drop us messages right there in the patron discord. If we're hanging around, we might just talk to you in real time right then and there or include it on a future episode. Sometimes both. Some of them will be like, I have an answer for this right now, but we'll also talk about it on the show. And I'm like, there you go. Uh, So check it out. (laughs) Uh, That brings us to the end of this episode. Uh, Speaking of our patrons, thank you so much for supporting us. If you like our show and you want to support us, patreon.com slash tac is the best way to do so. It's an opt-in subscription. You know, Whatever you want to give, whatever you can give, we really appreciate it. It all adds up and uh, helps us put as much time as we do put into this show. Uh, other than that, thank you to our patron producers. Thank you very, very much, Declan H. and Cheesy Bob for your generous support of the program. If you'd like to become a producer. Check out the Patreon. The back catalog of Anger Chicken, every episode we've ever freaking done can be found at amove.tv or over at youtube.com slash TV. if you want to see clips of the show with some added visual interest. We have started editing our clips for the Anger Chicken. Or if you want to see the entire VOD uncut in its raw version, head on over to youtube.com slash amove2. Numerical (gasps) two, not two spelt out, (laughs) amove2. Thank you, everybody, for subbing over there. We now have a custom domain. It's delightful. Uh, other than that, catch us Wednesdays at five thirty Eastern time over twitch.tv slash a move TV. Other than that, uh, Joss, I keep saying other than that. I don't know why Joss, <laughs> where can folks find you? You do all sorts of rad shit
1: uh you can find me on twitter and twitch i'm at joss plays we just put out a new episode of the gamers in where we talk a lot about the new game that just came out man eater i talked about it a few weeks ago here because you get to role play as a shark and it's awesome so yeah if you guys want all my thoughts on man eater go check out the gamers in you and sharks and also me Jason sharks, Statham.
0: i don't Get it. <laughs> I don't get it.
1: Sharks are the best, man. Sharks
0: are the best. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, you can follow me on Twitter at Garrett Art. TV is the place for all of the podcasts that I do, this one included. Check out Into the Nexus for Heroes of the Storm. Let's talk about Star Wars for Star Wars and WoW Killer for World of Warcraft. As well as the random cocktail stream on Fridays at nine PM Eastern time on twitch.tv/slash a move TV. Kitty and I brought it back. Cocktails in quarantine. We did it last Friday. We do it on Fridays when we feel like it. We're not committing to Jack.
1: Oh, okay. I was like, you brought it back. It went away.
0: We, were, we, we stopped for like three weeks. So I was just kind of burnt out and tired. Mm. Um, so there was like two weeks where we we're just like, oh, i am just, I'm just run down. I just want to watch a movie and sit in my underwear on the couch. I don't want to, I don't want to do anything. And then like we're, we're coming back on week three after two weeks off. And then I got a sinus infection. Mm. So yeah. Yeah. So it, it, it's back as of last week. Uh, cocktails in quarantine. It's a lot of fun. We just hang out in our kitchen, make drinks and uh, hang out in a virtual bar, essentially. So check it out. That's going to wrap it up for this episode of The Angry Chicken. Thanks so much for watching, listening, however you get the show. If someone's transcribing it to you on on a telegraph, we appreciate you getting it that way. Until next time, job's done.
1: Job's done.